Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. On today's episode, I'm going to be covering Beyond Wrestling. Beyond Wrestling's Please Come Back 3. And it's also Beyond Wrestling versus Wrestling Open. It took place on June 12th. And it was held in Foxborough, Massachusetts at the Six Strings Grill and Stage. And I'm going to talk about the venue and all that. And uh, it was an interesting show. Sir, so, some really good matches on the card, and some stuff that's really gonna just really made me scratch my head. A lot of matches, so we gotta cover a lot. So I want to get into it quickly. But before I do that, I want to talk to you about our Patreon, the Fight Game Media Plus Patreon. It's five dollars a month. We have a lot of great content on there for not just pro wrestling, but boxing and MMA. Um, Gary Gonzalez and myself, we do a Raw 1998 review show. We're leading into the King of the Ring of 1998, which features the historic match between Mankind and The Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. Uh, It's going to be interesting to revisit that match. And, of course, I've seen that wild and probably the craziest bump in wrestling history with, with with Mankind, you know, flying off the cage. I was just unreal so that's a lot of fun we have the brace for impact podcast with jd oliva and mike gilbert this is where they dive deep in the news of impact wrestling so all the all the gossip and the what's going on behind the scenes they cover it um there's a scotch joshi show a lot of great stuff so give it a shot plus we have specials with interviews uh with dave Meltzer. we uh we've had a uh, a special with John Moxley on there. So a lot of cool stuff. Again, $5 a month with the Fight Game Media Patreon Plus. Please subscribe. Please support. We greatly appreciate it. Now, let's get into it. Like I said, there's a lot of matches on this card. It felt like, it just felt like 10 matches. I don't even know how, I gotta, you know, I gotta count them up. But it just felt like a lot. A lot of matches. A lot of talent on this card. And then, as I said, this was at, the Six Strings Grill and Stage Bar. It's like right next to the Patriots play. And Beyond Wrestling's interesting to me. I've seen a couple shows. It's always in these wacky locations, these bar locations. And like for me visually, it's hard for me to get into like I'm watching a wrestling show. And there's this, there's no seats. Well, there's seats at the bar and there's some tables that that are at the bar and there's like another to the left of the hard cam if you're looking out towards the ring there's another little seating area up there but most of it is just people are just standing and crowded up against the ring it's just like for me very very claustrophobic and this show was three and a half hours and i'll tell you what i cannot stand for three and a half hours it's just that's just too much and um, i went to a show and Gilroy, and they had, you know, mostly standing room only, and I was like, this is tough, man. Like, I like my seat. I like to sit down. I like to watch the show if I go to a show. Um, so, but those fans, they that's, they love it. They're used to it. They do it almost every Thursday for Wrestling Open. Uh, it's just what they're used to. It's just, it's bizarre to me, but they love it. They have a good time, and they're, you know, it wor- it works for them, like, when it comes to, like, 
the fans, they drink the alcohol at the bar, the bar makes money. So I'm guessing they might they must I I assume they must get the building damn near free because the bar is gonna make money. Um it's kinda like a trade-off there. But it's just it's I would love to see this beyond wrestling in a in a venue. Maybe we'll never see that. That's their that's their that's their their gimmick. You know, they do these bar venues and stuff. Though the wrestling open venue is more of like a like a white eagle hall, you know, nice, nice looking building. There's some few chairs set up, but mostly it's just it's just people standing around and it's just and really like right up against the ring. So it's very, very like I said, claustrophobic for me to watch. It must be tough for the workers, but also challenging for the workers too, and in, in a positive way because with fans so close, you know, you don't you, you gotta not call spots so out loud. You can't get away with doing that. Like, I mean, I think some people probably don't even care because it's all just fake and it's a performance. It's just art. But like the guys that really do care, the guys and gals that really do care, you know, they, they don't want to you know expose their business in there. Um, so that's a, that's a challenge for, and it'd be a good challenge for a young wrestler, you know, like a young rookie out there, a young, or a young uh, fancy Ryan Clancy who's on this card to go out there and, and make sure you know keep his shit tight and and and, and for people to not see through what he's doing. So, so you know it's 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 so interesting to me to watch these shows. And, and honestly, I the last show I try to watch, try to remember who was on that card, and I just couldn't get through because the visual. It just I I want to watch wrestling and it, and it didn't look like wrestling. There's a ring there, but and there's guys and gals you know, doing stuff in the ring, but I, it just didn't feel like wrestling to me. So I didn't get through it, but you know, there's some interesting matches on this card, especially the main event, which is Biff Busick versus Al Price. That was a really intriguing match for me to watch. So I looked at the card, who's on it. I like I like a good amount of people on it. So I wanted to review it for the take it on podcast. So let's get into it. The first match is a women's singles match between Allie catch versus Becca. Um, Allie Catch won the match in nine minutes and four seconds. This is the first time I've ever seen Allie Catch work. Uh, I've seen, of course, the clips online and whatnot. And I was really curious to see what's the hype about. She's getting booked all over. I see her name pop up everywhere. And I don't know. I just didn't get it. I don't see. I've seen that there's so many other women out there on the independent scene just way better. And you know, I'm not trying to knock her. I'm just saying, like, I didn't. Nothing stood out on her performance that said, "Wow, this girl is going to be a future star," or I can see why promoters are bringing her in. I just don't. I just don't see it at all. Um, Becca, oh, man, was not good in this match. As at one point in the match, Becca throws two right hands. Allie catch ducks on both, and Becca still slaps her thigh. Like I could not believe it. I almost just. Hit fast forward. And also, what really upset about me about this match was Becca came out with Alec Price. Alec Price is, he's a champion of something. Maybe he's the beyond champion, I guess. I'm tr- trying to remember what he was on this. But he's a beyond champion. And he comes out, or he comes, I think he's the limitless champion. Anyways, he, he's the he's in the main event versus Biff, Biff Music. And he comes out with Becca and... He's subservient to her. And he's in your main event later that night. Like, why are you doing this at this point? And he's out there. 
and he's at ringside, but there's people all around him. So, and you know, Alec Price is a tall kid, but a skinny kid, and he kind of blends in with this audience. So it just takes that star power away from him. I'm gonna talk a lot about Alec Price, and I'm a big, big fan of this kid. Um, and but I just didn't like the way he was presented here. And you could you see he's tongue and cheeking it out there. He's not into it. It's just counterproductive here, and it just drove me nuts honestly this match was not needed you didn't need this match on the card there's a lot on this show already it just it just wasted time and it hurts your it hurts your main event performer in alec price so not a good start to this show the next up was an eight-man tag team match bear country from aw and the brick city boys who was jay cruz and victor chase they were accompanied by Smart Mark Sterling. They defeated the Shook Crew, which is Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan, CPA and Dan Barry in 16 minutes and 34 seconds. And it felt like 16 minutes and 34 seconds. Like, <laughs> this is a problem with this show. There's a lot of characters that play for laughs. And I'm okay with the comedy acts in wrestling. But they don't need to be four or five on the card. Maybe two. Maybe two. And if that's going to be it, it should be Bobby Orlando, who I think is very entertaining in that um, comedy-esque character. Little Mean Kathleen, she's great. You know, a fun character. That should be it. But you got CPA, who's a, a CPA, and... Who acts like he can't get in the ring, but then he does it's just so stupid. And everyone's just assing off. Uh, you know, Bear Country and the Brick City Boys, you know, they're playing it straight, but they have to sell for this goofiness. Um, and it's just so I'd rather just see them, these two teams, Bear Country and Brick City Boys wrestle. Now, the the heels, Bear Country and Brick City Boys, they go over and as the two heel teams are celebrating their win, Bear Country attacks Brick City Boys, and that sets a match. So it's for, like overbooking just just to get to that point. Like you could have just done a nice little six man tag with the Brick City Boys and someone else versus Bear Country and, and Mark Sterling, right? Like, and then you know set up a, a tag team match out of that, you know, for a future show. I guess they're doing like this eliminator. Uh, Saturn and Cronus, uh, the Eliminators, uh, Cup Tournament, and they have a qualifying match on this show, which will come up next. And they also have a first-round show, and a first-round match, which I'll get into next uh, in a little while. So, you know, a lot going on in this show. And it's just, like, nonsense, you know, like, with this stuff. So right away, I'm just like, oh, I want to cover for the podcast, but can I get through this show? Can I get there? Can I get there? Why well, do I do? Of course, because I'm recording this show now and I'm covering the event. But man, it was tough in the first three matches. And then they go to that third match. This is an Eliminator Cup qualifying match, which is just an extension of the tournament, right? Like, these, everyone wants to, because these King Arena qualifying matches started happening in 1994. Like, everyone starts copying everything. And, you know, of course, a lot of WWE stuff and. 
everyone has qualifying matches to get into the tournament. I thought the only qualifying match I remember for a tournament was the Mulkey brothers upsetting the, the gladiators to get into the Crockett Cup. Um, it's just, just you know, filling up TV time, I guess, right? Uh, so this was, like I said, Eliminator Cup qualifying match. The Stetson Ranch, between with this, which is Brett Ryan Gosselin, a great young talent, and Steven Stetson, another good young talent, defeated Little Mean Kathleen and Teddy Goods. This was a very, uh, this was a good match, and and but Stetson Ranch, they come out assing off. You know Brett Ryan Gosselin, who's this cocky, arrogant heel. Who just plays that role really, really well, and he's going out there and he's just with the cowboy hat and goofing off and and Stetson and like, they should be the badasses. It should be Goslin, this cocky pretty boy heel with his badass heater, the six foot six Steven cowboy Steven Stetson. They should that they should never ass off, right? They need to be serious. Little mean Kathleen, who is great, let her be the fun. Let her be the, the goofiness. Because if the heels are assing off, it takes away from her shtick, right? It takes away from her stuff. And, like, the structure of the match was overall fine, right? The heels get the heat on little mean Kathleen. She makes attack of Teddy Goods, who's a really good veteran. And, you know, the, all that made sense. But... The goofiness was so much. At one point, Brett Ryan Goss and BRG and Little Me Kathleen have a standoff and they pull out their fake guns with their fingers like you would do it a kid. And BRG, Brett Ryan Gosselin, took a bump off because he got shot. I almost hit stop. I just couldn't do it. I I was like, what is going on here? This could have been a simple story. And they... It overall told it, but they did so much goofiness, it took away. It took away. Like, I okay. There's an intergender match on later as well. I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling, okay? Um, I I just I think at times it can work. And it could work it it works in a setting like a tag team where these heels get the heat on on the little the female wrestler, and here comes the the male wrestler to make the hot tag. Like you know, because it's some you know, little me Kathleen, she's so great, such a great baby face, and like her taking a heat, you just like, oh come on, man, make that tag, make that tag. You just, you just want her just to survive it and 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 make that tag to Teddy Goods, right? But it's just there's just so much. Goofiness, it just really took away what they wanted to tell, you know, and really frustrating for me. So, I like I said, it was I almost hit to stop and try to figure out something else to watch because it, it, it's it's a culmination of things. It's it's um you know the show I went to in Gilroy, which I was standing, I told you about, like you know, that show just hurt my heart. I'm like, what the hell is this? Everyone's playing it for laughs. Then I watch, well, I watched Wrestling Open last Thursday. And, like, I felt like everyone kept playing it for last, playing it for the punchline. Like, it's, like, it's okay to be a, a comedy guy or a comedy gal or have a fun-loving character. But when that bell rings, like, show me that you want to win. The, 
it's a match. Show me that this is now an athletic contest, right? It's just everyone when they when they the bell rings, they still want to go for punchlines, and that's what drives me insane. And I, I think I've just been I've been down and out on wrestling, and I honestly have been not looking forward to. It's just not not just the indies. It's what happened to NXT with 2.0 and all that crap, what that became. And uh, what happens on Raw, the goofiness that sometimes happens on AEW. I, it's just been like, do I still want to watch this anymore? You know? So, but I still love wrestling and I still love when the guys and gals go out there and really want to make you believe. And, and that leads me to not the next match, the match after that. Now, I'm going to group this together. It starts off with a singles match with Ray Jazz and his, accompanied by his partner, Tony Vincenta, defeating the Thomas Santel, who is accompanied by his protege, Ryan Clancy. And the Ray Jazz and Tony Vincenti are just so good as a team. As a, I don't even consider them a tag team. I consider like like... Gina Hernandez and Chris Adams. They're just like two dudes who can be main eventers on their own, but can form a tag team. And they're just a bunch of cocky ass pricks. These Jersey legends. Like anything you think a slime boy, slime ball Jersey guy would be, these two guys are. Ray Jazz. And they back it up because they're good in the ring, right? Um, so I I, you know, Tom Centel, 20-year veteran. Always good, always solid in the ring, and I and Ray Jazz, one of the best up and coming talents out there. How's this guy not signed yet? I don't understand, but he will be. He he should be signed to AEW now, and and featured and built up as a future of their company. But he doesn't have a gift out there. He had one gift from their show, I think, but he's not he's not out there doing these silly gifts and going for laughs. You know, he's a freaking wrestler. He's a worker, right? Anyways, I'm pumped for this match. Okay, finally, a fucking wrestling match is going to break out in this card. And we get one for one minute, 50 seconds. And then Ray Jazz puts his feet on the top rope and wins. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened here? What happened here? I've been waiting for this match. I wanted this match. I want to see some damn wrestling. But luckily for me, and I friends for those fans in attendance and for everyone else watching this show, that it becomes an impromptu tag team match. Um Paul Crockett, the commentator, got word from the promoter who decided that I wasn't really clear why maybe he was scheduled for wrestling open on Thursday, but decided to move it up to this show now because of what happens. And they and they and the reason was because they knew that Ray Jazz would do something. Well, if you knew Ray Jazz would do something, wouldn't you? I don't put a second referee out there to watch him. Maybe not have Tony Vincenti out there as a second. Um, You know, but they had this in their pocket. If he would have done something illegal, and he did, and he cheated to win, and so now we're having a Eliminator Cup first round match. Now, we had a Eliminator Cup qualifying match, but now we're having an Eliminator Cup first round match between the Fancy Nerds, which is Ryan Clancy and Thomas Santel versus the Jersey Legends, Ray Jazz and Tony Vicente. The Fancy Nerds won in 8 minutes and 30 seconds in a damn 
good tag team match. Probably one of the best eight-minute tag team matches I've seen in a very freaking long time. And I was so happy after this match. You had bay faces that you wanted to root for. You had heels who were acting like heels. You had a fucking hot tag that made that worked and popped the crowd. You had good heat from the heels. You had a great work for the bay faces. And it's so funny. This crowd, they're into they're into everyone. It's like it's it just to me this audience feels like a group of friends that love to see each other and they just go and it's happened to be at a wrestling show that they go every week, right? And they get into the goofiness. They have their chance. They cheer for everyone. It's just a fun party. I don't know if they really are there for the wrestling as it is just just to get together with their friends and hang out and have some drinks. But this match brought the wrestling fan out of them. Because all these people who gone to these wrestling shows must have liked wrestling someplace, right? Somehow. And what drove them in was a winner cheering for a winner, cheering for their favorites, cheering for their favorites to, to, to pull it out that victory and get that big win and pop when they do and go crazy when they do. And this match brought that back in, out of them. I You could just, the crowd cheering was different. It wasn't like, hey, this is funny. Barbara Orlando has a goat and CPA has a tie that comes off and ha, ha, ha. Like, we were just in on the jokes and this is fun. No, this was like, we want the Bayface to win. We want the heels to get to come up because we can't stand those Jersey guys. They are so cocky, so arrogant. That Ray Jazz, he's such an asshole, and he, but he's so damn good, and he keeps winning. We need to see someone knock this guy and his partner off their damn high horse, and we want these nerds to do it, right? And they did, and the work is great. I mean, and just before, before I get... For the match, when they're just coming up with this convoluted reason to have this uh, have this tag team match, impromptu tag team match, like they're focusing on Ray Jazz and Tony Vincent Vince. I'm Italian. I can't even say it. Vincenti Vincenta. Excuse me. Gosh, and but I want to focus here on Ray Jazz and like his facial expressions during all this were. Perfect. Perfect. Like, like, like confusion. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what are you talking about? I won. Like, this is BS. Like, every emotion was going through his head. And then shock of like, when it, now it's signed and frustrated that it got signed and he has to do it. Like, everything was so good by Ray Jazz. Man, he is one of my favorites right now to watch on the independent scene. And he should be everywhere. I talk about Invictus Cash should be everywhere. Should be much, you know, should be much bigger names. Should be the guy like how Timothy Thatcher was when he was coming on the Indies, or a Jeff Cobb when he was coming on the Indies. Like they should be talked about more. I just don't feel like they are, you know. And it's sad today. Like these other people, and I'm not gonna name names, and and but you know who they are. Just. And they're not good, but they get so much love and praise, and they just can't even lace these guys' boots. I just don't get it. Wrestling is flipped, and it's like the good, talented workers are just 
the fans don't care, but they like the guys that make them laugh and and ha 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 and they're just and this they, they don't you know they just make me laugh and you know they it's like they they don't they don't forget they forget about the guys and the gals that make them want to believe right like I want to believe in what I'm watching just like and is it and you know it's like well it's all fake and it's all performance it's art blah blah, blah. it's just we gotta get that mentality out of here again i want the workers back we're the workers well you know what we got four here in this tag team match it was a hell of a tag team match i mean vincent takes this vincenta takes a great backdrop of a quarter god bless him a backdrop like oh my god like i almost got emotional watching this match because i'm like this is what i've needed for my soul as a wrestling fan because all I've been seeing is just a bunch of people assing off, but thank goodness for these four men. So I appreciate the hell out of them, man. That was just an awesome, awesome match. Like I said, one of the best eight-minute matches I've seen in a damn near long time. It's it's I highly recommend this match for anyone to go search out and find and see. If you have IWTV, and this and I should have said that earlier, excuse me. This is on IWTV, their streaming service. I mean, go watch this match if you love professional watch wrestling watch this match and I'll, and watch another match i want to talk about later on too the next match is another beyond wrestling has a lot of great talent and i think they waste a lot of it like if they would kind of turn to a little more ser- i don't know maybe it's not their maybe you know what maybe it's not for them it's not their audience for serious wrestling but if they ever wanted to go that way they have a hell of a roster to do it. Chang Thomas, a uh, great young prospect, another guy that should be signed somewhere. How is he not signed somewhere? How how is this kid not like seen as a, a prospect he is? And you want him under contract because you don't want no one to take him. If I'm AW, I'm, I'm stocking up on the Ray Jazzes, the Chang Thomases, the Alec Prices, and I'm featuring in them. Maybe this, this, these are the guys you put on your Ring of Honor stuff, whatever that starts off with. You get them over there, then you start bringing them over to the main to, to AW, the main roster stuff. Chang Thomas, like I said, he had his manager, Sidney Bacabella. Now, Sidney Bacabella... To me, just he comes off as a guy playing a wrestling manager. It's a parody of a wrestling manager. And I think what's in there is a, a really good manager. But he wants to play for the laughs and be like a parody. Comes out with the fake wigs and all that. And he comes out talking about, you know, like, because it's world-class Chang Thomas. And he talks about, you know, Baka. Bacabella talks about being from Texas and the Von Erics and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just, it's just a parody. And, but I think, dude, he's a good talker. Take the wig off. Be a more serious wrestling manager. You know, believe in yourself. Make the fans believe in you and not just, not just go for the laughs, right? And he was working uh, Slade, a wrestling Slade. And, Chang Thomas defeated uh, Slade by disqualification in four minutes, 30 seconds. Slade is like a Caucasian. I think he's Caucasian. Um, I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but he's like a Caucasian New Jack. He comes in, you know, he just 
he he has, he has this really psycho demeanor. Like he's supposed to be like a serial killer, like someone that just got out of the pen, and he's just there to just beat people up. And he just comes to the crowd and starts wailing on on uh, Chang Thomas. These big overhand forearm shots, the back, and he's just he's just slamming and slamming and he's slamming Chang Thomas hard. And and then you know he's hitting him the guy in safe spots. But like, man, this would have been so much better if he came out with some nice work punches. And then you know Thomas is good, and Thomas will be able to register and sell those really well. And just, the, you know the arms flying, head snapping back. Like it, but you know. Slay just needs that good working punch. Like, yeah, you, you know, the over, the the forearm shots to the back make a good noise and everything. But you know, it's just man, I, that's why I I miss a good a good working punch. We saw that earlier with Thomas Santel. I wish just it's just a, a lost art, a lost art. And the story of this match is Bacabella is doing his best to try to get Slade to get disqualified so he can get his guy out there before he he's turning to just the raw meat, right? And Bacabella slides a chair in, which I don't think that's really a, a good way to to try to get your guy squal- you know, disqualified. Maybe maybe the idea is if like to give it to Chang Thomas to hit Slade so he can get out of the match, but he doesn't want Chang Thomas to lose because he wants to be undefeated. So he's trying to get Slade to do it. And finally, Slade loses clue. Uh, it, it, just loses it and he he uh, gets disqualified and just hits Channing Thomas with this overhead chair shot. He's swinging it and he's not working it, dude. And poor Channing Thomas, thank God he got his arms up. But damn, dude, that is just careless. And I, and then he starts wailing on uh, on. Slay starts wailing on Tammy Thomas like 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 New Jack on Chad Austin and ECW just 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 ultra stiff chair shots like why why for what it's just stupid come on guys like remember when it was you know you're working to not hurt each other out there and and you're working the fans to make you believe that you that they, they believe that you are hurting them, but you're not you know. It's just, I, I mean, Shane Thomas, big guy, he probably could take it. He's probably down to take it, but unnecessary, completely unnecessary. So I was on my high. I'm starting to go down a low, 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 low. Like Shane Thomas, like, okay, like I said, he could be the future champion of this company and you could really build to this with Slade. Shane Thomas be a champion and have it on him for like a year. But there's one guy that his manager, Sidney Bacabella, always kind of seems to void. And Slade's been on a win streak. And every time Slade's name come up, he, he doesn't want to talk about it. No comment about Slade. No comment about Slade. And he's scared of him. He's scared of psycho. And you build to it. You know, it could work if you build to it. But this is just just there. And and at the end of at the end of it, like. Chang Thompson didn't really look good coming out of it. You know, I don't know. It was just a mess. And then the next match, this was an intergender match. Will Nightingale defeats Rick Lawless in 9 minutes, 34 seconds. And again, I'm not a fan of intergender matches. I think I think it's I'm a fan of women's wrestling. And I I believe you should keep it separate, but give the women a, an equal 
platform or a, a featured match or it's not just thrown on there to have girls on the card. It, like, have a division that you focus on. Give women a championship to compete for. Like, give them matches with time that they if they can handle that time some you know some women matches are best to keep short but get a roster of women that can handle the longer matches and you know and like i mean here you have will nightingale who i love i love her personality she's this just bubbly baby faces she's beautiful i mean if i'm having a women's division she's definitely up there as a top baby face in that division, uh, I she she, she has like I said this beautiful smile. It's it lights up a room. But what I love to see her do is when she comes out. You know, of course she has that smile. It's part of her gimmick. But if she's in an important match, she needs to take the smile away. Be serious. Be focused. Because that will get the people in. Like oh shit, Willow's like she really wants this. She really wants that title, or she really has an issue with this other female. So, I, what I always see her, she's always smiling from her entrance, the ring. It's like, you know, it's like you got to change up that depending on what match you're going to have, who you're going to have the match. If there's an issue with the person you're in, there's a title online or something. Rex Lawless is the biggest guy on this roster. He's huge. His chest is about as. Is about as big as a condo. Like he's just he's huge shoulders, and he's I've been watching him on Wrestle Open shows, and he's making a great improvement, and and he gets beat by Willow Nightingale. Hill. Like, what was the point? Rex Lawless is the guy that you could build up as a a a big time powerhouse heel, and you know. As he's been improving the ring, he's something that you could feature in your main events, but he just gets beat by Willow Nightingale here for no reason at all. Like it did no nothing for for him at all, right? And I guess they're roommates or they're couples, so there's a lot of like lovey dovey. It's just so stupid that we had this. And I'm just thinking of Rec Lawless as a guy you could do something with in the future. So why why do this? Why have him beat? It's just just unnecessary. <sighs> the next match was uh, Ricky Shane Page, RSP versus Tyree Taylor. And I saw Ricky. I covered Ricky Shane Page in my last show at the West Coast Pro. He came out and, you know, I wasn't impressed there with him. And But I'm like, I kept it over mind. I'm like, okay, well, let's see what he's going to do here. Tyree Taylor, I like a lot. Um, he's a, 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 a talented big man. Um, he's not like... He just looked super tall out there, at least from, you know, he's maybe, maybe I don't know. He looks, looks good height, I guess. Um, but he can move well. I love this. Okay, this is a guy who needs a good working punch. This is a guy who needs to come in and start throwing, going those, what is that? What is the book cheese? Those, those, those soup bones, you know, like those right hands. Or Bush used to say that, you know, like just come in there and start firing those punches, man. Make that comeback with those punches. And, Get fired up. And this match here, the, both these guys can move, are heavier guys that can move for their size. And they, but this match had so much stuff in the air and all these spots. Like, this is where you give us some of your athleticism, but 
let's make it a big man versus big man match. And it went 12 minutes, 44 seconds. And I thought it was, was way too long. Uh, RSP showed me some athleticism for his size, but he, there's just no charisma there. Like it's just, he just there, but Tyree Taylor full of charisma, uh, a future player. I know they're doing this wrestling open versus beyond wrestling. So they're trying to keep it, you know, even going into the, to the finals, but of the, whatever, how many matches they had on the series. Anyways, wrestling open wins. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe Tyree could have been the one that wins. Cause I see such an upside with this guy. Um, but so this was match was a disappointment. I thought, I thought I would like to see, uh, I thought the layout was disappointing. They just, they're just doing s- athletical spots, but I want a more of a story here. And there was no real story in my opinion. Next up was Max Caster from AEW doing a $10,000 challenge match at Ichiban. Ichiban, another guy I really like from wrestling open. He's a mask, uh, flyer, super athletic, energetic, charismatic, great look. Really talented, but I just could not get into this match. I mean, Ichiban's good, but he I think he also needs a really good dance partner because Max Caster, as charismatic as he is, and I'm glad he's doing these indie shots, getting his reps in, but man, he is he is way beyond a lot of these guys on this card that yeah, you know, and that don't have AEW contracts. He needs a lot of work. And if I'm Tony Khan and you see something, this guy, and we all do, we all see the char- the charisma, the raps are entertaining, and he has good size and a good build. I would allow him to do these indie dates, but you have to work with people you can learn from. You know, send him out to work veterans that you trust, right? That's what I would do with him. Um, Ichiban did his best, but I just felt this match was miss, missing nothing. And honestly, I was kind of just my mind was watering. Oh, mine was just wandering during this match. I was just kind of like just, just not not with it, not with it. And I usually don't do that with Ichiban matches. I really, I really enjoy his performances, but this one just was not working. I think poor Ichiban just had a tough tough draw here with Max Caster. Next up was a tag team match. Miracle Generation of Dustin Waller and Kylon King versus Wave and Curls. Jalen Brandon and Trayvon Jordan. 12 minutes and 4 seconds. This is the match where Wrestling Open won and and won the series. Um, This felt like a Young Bucks match. Just not as cleanly executed. Um, It just... They did every move in the book and... It just kept going and going and going. And as I kept going, I just kept losing interest. And as I kept going, things got sloppier. Um, and it just kept started falling apart a little bit. And because they were just doing way too much, going too fast. And but you know, there's a lot of talent here. I think Trayvon Jordan, very charismatic big guy. He can be like your boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valent on the card. Um Dustin Waller and Kylan King, good athletes. They can make they could they could become a, a really fun, exciting tag team with more experience. But I love that instead of trying to copy the the spot monkey uh, young bucks, you know, 
excessive, uh, you know, uh, offensive moves and uh, and and false finishes. Like, study the classic team, study the fantastic, the rock and roll express, the smaller the rockers, the smaller baby face teams, and 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 you know, work on tag team psychology at work because it it does still work because we saw earlier in the match between the jersey legends and the fancy nerves they proved it that match earlier was 10 times better than this match and and they did a billion things a million things and it just didn't have the wasn't as dramatic dramatic as the fancy nerves versus the jersey legends now the match that I really, really, really was looking forward to. Alec Price versus Biff Busick. This match was very good. Um, Biff Busick, I, I always liked his work from when I first saw I actually first saw him in Evolve. And then I enjoyed his work in NXT as Oni Lorcan. I loved his tag team with Danny Birch. Um, I thought they were just a really good team. And it just hurt my heart to what happened to the whole black and gold brand there and a switch changeover of philosophy and all that. And it's just, 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 man, dark day that was, you know, because I really enjoyed the NXT black and gold product. And Alec Price is, man, I love this kid. He reminds me of a young Edge, tall, lanky, like Edge. And he's just full bore. And I'm just like watching this kid full of intensity go out there, work his ass off. And I'm like, and why do we have him go out there and look subservient to Becca? Why? Why was that done? If we did why did we had to see him before this match? If we didn't see him before the match, it would have felt like a bigger deal. And they told a story out there. Busick working on the left leg of Price, going f- trying to ground the kid because you know Price is full on, full bore, full intensity, does not stop, and you got to slow this kid down. And that's what the veteran Biff Busick was doing. They did a deal. They did a deal with a little balcony area. I made a little too much on that, but whatever. After what I saw earlier from a lot of these matches, I'm like, dude. Thank you for this, right? Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll don't jump off a balcony, Alex Price. Whatever, um, you know. Great figure four spot. Um, just and then Price. You know, the story was like, Busick is trying to sees the potential of his kids, trying to get something out of him. Trying, to, you know, this is a test for Alex Price, and he survives it. Wins, wins with his finisher. Really good stuff. Um, Alec Price is one to watch. Look at this. Look at this roster. I mean, that you can make a hell of a hell of a company with. Alec Price. Uh, you know, for, if you had tag teams, Dustin Waller, Kyle King, I would definitely have them on my on my on that roster. Ichiban, Tyree Taylor, Rex Lawless. You got a guy with size. Channing Thomas, Ryan Clancy, Thomas Centel, the Jersey Legends. Um, you know, Ray Jazz, damn sure would be on top of the card. Brett Ryan Glosson, but I have like the cocky, serious heel. Steven Stetson, uh, Little Mean Kathleen, Teddy Goods, uh, Willow Nightingale. You know, like this is like this is so much talent here. The Brick City Boys, good tag team. Bobby Orlando, good talent. Like this is so much talent here. You could have a hell of a, a hell of a promotion. I know you're like John. There, you're watching it. 
But I'm talking about a serious promotion with some fun with the Bobby Orlando's, with the little mean Kathleen, right? Like, like a good classic wrestling promotion. Like, I almost want Beyond to split to like a third company. They have Wrestling Open, they have Beyond. Like, give us like the the classic wrestling promotion of with that talent and i would love to see that you know god i just i don't i don't book anymore i don't promote anymore and i don't you know i don't miss the stress of it all i miss booking i love that i love booking but promoting part you know that's that was a lot of a lot of work a lot of stress but you know but the if i man just i miss booking because i would just love to book this talent that I listed off there because they would add so much to the cards and so much, they have so much talent. And I would, I just want to see them used to the, their full potential. And, and they're all going to be stars. Like I said, Little Mean Kathleen should be on AW now. She's way better than a lot of those girls that are on television today on AEW. I don't know why. I know she does a couple, couple, couple stuff on evolution and all that and dark whatever but you know she's freaking talented she's charismatic you just want to root for that girl and there's so many of this that talent like that on this card that you just want to root for and cheer for or, or boo because they're such great heels like ray jazz and tony uh, vincenta like god a lot of talent here but what was presented, I was really disappointed. Other than those two matches, the main event, Alec Price, Biff Busick, loved it. And and I, I loved the tag team match. Fancy Nerds versus uh versus the Jersey Legends. And I know you're thinking, John, why don't you get on Thomas and Tell? You know, he does a a a, a comedy gimmick. Well, okay. Let me tell you something about Thomas and Tell. Why I like the nerd gimmick that he does. Yes, he comes out, the nerd gimmick, the McFly, the Earth Angel song, the Ovaltine dream, the glasses, the trip in the ring. But when he takes the glasses off and that bell rings, he's serious. He's a competitor. He's a hell of a grappler, and he's trying to win the match. And that gimmick is could be like, is he really a nerd? But he's just a a super athlete or is he not really a nerd? And this is just, the, he does a shtick, this, this nerd gimmick to get his opponent with a you know false sense of security. So he can, you know, it's a mind game thing. You know, like you can believe that because that's what his work shows you when he gets in the ring, right? Like it's from once the bell rings, he's ready to win. So, that's the difference, and that, and like I said, I don't. I, I like fun gimmicks, fun characters, but when the bell rings, make me believe you're trying to win a match because you want to get the win, you want to move the card, you want to get a title shot. Don't work the match to, to work to your next punchline and your next punchline. I want to go to see punchlines. I'll go to an improv comedy club, or you know, I, I don't want to watch. You know. Wrestling is still about what happens between that ropes. It's still about a winner and a loser. And so tell so give me that. Be charismatic, have something that's going to make you stand out, but also when it comes to the bell, 
and that bell rings, make me believe that you want to win that match. So thank you for joining me on the Take It On Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my review. And if you have, you know, let me know what you thought. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I'm just, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to, I'm not trying to bury anyone or anything. I'm just, I'm just, you know, airing out my own personal frustrations against what, what's been going on wrestling. But I believe there's a lot of talented people. And I like overall Beyond Wrestling. I like what they're doing. I love, I love wrestling doing Wrestling Open. Wrestling Open, I, I feel, is more entertaining because they're giving young kids a shot and they're, they're letting them work and, and get experience and, there it's it's a fun two hour show like i said this show did not need to be three and a half hours did not need to honestly didn't need the first two matches you could cut those out you know unnecessary you didn't need ali cash Becca. it added nothing it added nothing i'd rather have will nightingale and you know <laughs> There's Looming, Looming Kathleen in a match, or them in a tag match versus some two heels. I'm trying to think of names right now off the top of my head of who's available out there on the indie scene or uh, you know in their area. But you know, like whatever. Just they could have they could have used that. They wanted a female rest match on the card. They could have they could have definitely done something better than what we got that opener. That opener just you know didn't really do much. And like I said, leg slapping when you're missing punches. Give me a break. Anyways, stop my ranting there. Um, thanks for listening to Take On Podcast right here on the Fight Game Media, like Fight Game Media Network. Please follow me at LaRocketJL on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts, like or dislike. I love hearing it, all the feedback. It's great. I get a lot of, a lot of great feedback, um, and a lot of a lot of people that disagree, and that's fine. That's fine. I love having a conversation. It's, it's uh, you know, it's not personal. It's just you know, just I'm just being uh, constructive. My criticism here. So, have a good night, everyone. Be safe and enjoy your weekend. Take care.